of the teacher's cup of coffee. I know a lot of us are probably starting to get that overwhelmed feeling, starting to get tired, starting, you know, a lot of our students are starting to really show their, I don't want to say their true colors, but their true colors at this moment in their lives. Um, and they're starting to become a little more challenging. Certainly we are past the honeymoon period. Today is October 1st. You know, we got five more days till that Columbus Day weekend, that wonderful three-day weekend. It's always been, in my opinion, sort of the first checkpoint of the school year. And this can be a time when a lot of the summer optimism and the new ideas and we're going to do all these cool things, this can be a time when we really start to get tested because a lot of our students that are a little more challenging, now they're showing themselves and now it's starting to wear us down possibly. And this is such an important time because of that. So today we're taking a quick look at a blog written by an Oklahoma educator named Rob Miller. The blog is called A View from the Edge. And Rob, you know, he, he put this one out in April of 2017. And this edition is called Hugging a Porcupine. And I am just so touched by this three-page article. I recommend you Google it after this podcast. Just type in Hugging a Porcupine. And I guarantee it'll be the first thing you, that comes up. It's A View from the Edge by Rob Miller. This article is wonderful. It talks all about those challenging kids we have in class. To prove his point, Rob takes us through the sort of progression of one student that when he was five years old, he was curious and excited and he he couldn't wait to be at school and he had all this promise and he was, you know, that kind of student we loved when he was in kindergarten. But by the time he was in second grade, he had dyslexia and he was starting to show signs of distractibility and sometimes he would have little physical outbursts. Uh, But at the same time in second grade, he started to show that he had incredible artistic talent. Um, And then by the time he's nine, so nine years old, fourth grade, you know, we start to see his self-esteem slowly fall apart. And he really starts to test the limits of what he can get away with in class to the point where one day he punched a teacher in the arm, threw a book at another kid's head, you know, and then also there's times where he's just curled up in a ball and he's crying and, you know, saying he's sorry for everything he's done. So a lot has happened. Think about this. This kid is only nine years old. Then he gets to fifth grade. His parents get divorced. His grandmother passes away early in her life. His father moves to California. You know, last time he ever sees his dad who just leaves him in the dust with his mom after the divorce. His mom starts drinking. You know, they, they, they lose their home. They're foreclosed on their home. And this is all when he's only 11 years old. Only 11. And quote, He was ours when his beautiful, infectious smile retired and the darkness began to encircle him. And again, he's only 11, this all before middle school. And he goes on to talk about when he's 14, he tries his first cigarette, drinks his first beer, pops his first pill, you know, and a lot of other things start happening. And then he starts getting in in fights in school and chronic disruptive behavior, breaks a computer, cussing at teachers. A lot of us deal with things like this with students. And in 15, he's actually arrested in school. Uh, And then it goes on and the story kind of switches to his mom passing away late uh, six months later and he sort of comes back to school and he's a hollow shell of himself is is how Rob writes it. 
and then he gets into bigger drugs and he falls apart more and the story goes on and actually this story ends nice where someone adopts him and over time sort of his infectious smile returns his spirit returns but the real point and and I'm I'm glad that this story sort of had a happy ending but the real point is that kids in their progression even starting in kindergarten you know sometimes all we see is the behavior in class but there's so much behind that behavior there's so much pain there's so much inner turmoil and there's so many things going on and even though it just drives us insane it just me me especially it drives me insane when kids just can't behave the way we need them to behave as we're trying to help them learn hugging a porcupine is exactly that these are our toughest kids to love these are our toughest kids to love but they need us the most and the reason some of us a lot of us many of us are maybe limping towards columbus day is our porcupines are starting to show themselves and we are starting to get frustrated and and losing hope in the optimism of the year i'm going to read some quotes from the very end of this article and the whole article is about this kid is ours this kid is ours this porcupine Porcupine is ours and we must hug him. Quote, you see, he was always ours. He belongs to us as much as the star quarterback, the future Ivy League scholar, the homecoming queen, and the valedictorian. For much of his schooling, he was tough to love. We didn't want to own him. Then he goes on talking more about this type of kid. Rob says, quote, they cause us to question our effectiveness as educators and the meaning and value of our work. It hurts to get close to children like him. It's like hugging a porcupine, but they are ours. And hugging porcupines is occasionally the most important part of our job. If a kid walks through the doors of our public school, we should see them, listen to them, push them, care for them, support and believe in them as if they are our own, end quote. Many of these kids throw us away. I get it. Many of the kids that we want to give all that extra love to, they never accept it. And that can be frustrating. It feels like we're trying hard with these students and they won't let us in. And therefore, we don't win. My first teaching job, I taught for two years in Boston at a juvenile lockup facility. My entire day was trying to hug porcupines, the kids that didn't want help but needed it the most. And it was so tough because so often we I knew I was giving so much and I wasn't seeing anything out of it but you know at the end of the day that doesn't matter no matter how bad the kid is the kid is a kid and we are there to be the adult and we know there's a lot of students in our room who are going to succeed whether they have us as teachers or not but it's about finding those porcupines that need us the most and giving them hugs this week your porcupines will continue to show themselves. We can't change, I always, this is one of my favorite quotes, is that we can't change anything in life other than our perception of things. So things are gonna be the way they are, and it's all about how we react to them. That's what causes change. This week, instead of dreading the porcupines that are starting to show themselves in our classes, let's love them. 
Let's support them. Let's get to know them. Let's, when they push back against us, let's just go right through that wall because we need to hug our porcupines. And you know what? If we do this, we'll feel better about our job as well. We won't lose our optimism. We won't lose the excitement we had a month ago when the whole year was brand new and the sky was the limit for what we were going to do. And I'll end with a quote from Rob. And this is how he ends the blog. Quote, and when you take the chance to hug a porcupine, the reward will be yours. That's your challenge this week, listeners. Find the porcupines in your class that need you. And even though they're prickly, you go out there and love them and support them and give them what you've got. Hope you have a great couple of weeks. Hope you enjoy the well-deserved three-day weekend. And we hope you enjoyed your shot of caffeine here at the Teacher's Cup of Coffee. Everybody, no more sleeping in bed. Oh, wake up, everybody.